Hey there, folks. Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah Morning News Do Savannah special. Really happy to have you listening into this one. Got a really inspirational guest this week, Derek Larson. He is a ceramicist and an artist. He kind of got his background in illustration who really has gone through a a lot of changes, I can say. So he sort of started off his life as a very talented young child. He fell off of that path and then found his way back to redemption. And we get into all of the details of his incredible story, which I know you're really going to enjoy listening to. It's a nice long interview. It'll uh, give you something to think about for the next 45 minutes or so. And I think you're going to enjoy hearing all about it from the man himself, Derek Larson. Wanted to mention, of course, as always, you can catch past episodes of Art on the Air in my corresponding Art Off the Air column, as well as all of the writing that I do for the Savannah Morning News at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section. Been writing a lot of different articles here recently, including this week I got another article that came out about the new mural that Dana Richardson did for the Cafe 80 Deli, which is associated with Sunday Cafe. And last week, wrote a piece about Yoli Mulally and the March Hare, her puppetry event, which was actually rescheduled, delayed one week. So if you're listening to this now and recently, then it's probably coming up this weekend, April 10th. So tune into that. Learn all the details. Again, savannahnow.com in the entertainment section. But let's get to this week's interview again. Derek Larson talking about his redemption story finding his art once more, finding his love of ceramics. Enjoy. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm talking by Zoom with Derek Larson, and we're going to be talking all about his most recent artwork, which is mostly focused in ceramics, but we're going to be delving into a lot of different things during this conversation. And Derek, now you are actually currently in an exhibition about face over at Location Gallery. You have work at Gallery 209. You have work at Merchants on B. And we're going to talk about all of that thing, all those different things that you've got going on. But before we do that, I want to take a step way, way, way back because art has been a part of your life for most of your life. I want to find out, like, where did that spark first begin? Were you, like, the kid who was always good at artwork? Did your family support that? Or were you kind of – just kind of describe that process growing up. Where did you first sort of fall in love with art at a very young age? Sure. Uh, First of all, um, thanks, Rob, for for having me on today. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, your question, uh, when did art start for me? Uh, from a young age, I, uh, I was an only child. Uh, my mom is uh, somewhat of a musician. She, uh, it's kind of funny, she, kinda, um, she was a big musician, uh, not big time, but uh, she, she was a musician that uh, had to um, kind of get back into it. Uh, and, and, and took a lot of classes uh, as an organist. So I grew up uh, with her getting back into her love for piano and, and organ. Um, she taught a lot of piano lessons, uh, but there's no, no visual artists in our family. Uh, I, uh, as a young age, uh, was really into comics. My uh-huh. dad uh, made me read the comics every Sunday morning. 
uh, before I could turn on the uh, the TV to watch nice. all cartoons. Yeah. So Saturday and Sunday morning, um, before I could flip on the TV, I had to I had to read the comics. So I grew up with Far Side uh, by Gary Larson, not related. Uh-huh. And, uh, and and Calvin and Hobbes, those were the, the big ones for me. So I did a lot of um, early on drawing little cartoon characters. Uh, Bart Simpson, you know, was always uh, drawing um, Bart Simpson and uh, in the Sports Illustrated uh, Kids Edition. They always had really awesome uh, illustrations of, uh, of sports stars. And um, as an only child, we we I grew up with a lot of uh, foreign exchange students. My mom was a uh, was a German and French teacher, and uh, we had a couple foreign exchange students. And I remember uh, one when I when I was uh, six years old, he uh, he 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 kept mentioning later on that he he just knew that I was going to do something with art because. At, at five, six years old, I was not only drawing my own little characters and, and there's all these stories behind it, um, but that I was adding little details that normally you wouldn't see in a, in a five or six year old, like belts or shoelaces or, you know, uh, all the little details. So um, I started early on with, uh, with, with, with just drawing and illustration, um, but I was also involved in, in, in music and sports. So it was all kind of just part of, of what I did. Um, I remember my aunt, uh, you know, would would always send me a sketchbook every every holiday, every Christmas. Uh, that was a thing, and so I was always getting fresh pencils and 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 uh, and sketchbooks. Uh, and then it was, uh, yeah, it was in high school. I, I I kept, you know, just you know, drawing in sketchbooks, and uh, eventually found my way in uh, sophomore year into taking the ceramics class. And that's kind of when everything changed for me. Yeah, yeah. So talk about that first love of ceramics because that's a big part of the story of what we're going to be talking about today. You, you take this first ceramics course, but you've been doing all this drawing, illustration, and eventually, actually, you did come to SCAD for illustration, which we'll talk about in a second here. But, you know, where did that, like, what was that like? What was that kind of spark where you're like, oh, my gosh, I just love kind of getting my hands dirty and doing doing ceramics versus you know, picking up a pen and creating sort of these worlds on paper. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really funny. Cause if you ask my dad, it's like, you know, I never, like he always wanted to build model airplanes and, you know, tactile, you know, building things. I wasn't one of those, those folks that like, you know, like help my dad work on the cars or, uh, you know, you know, build a shed with them or, or anything like that. Um, and, 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 and as far as I knew, I, I just love, you know, kind of drawing and illustration, so in uh, in I had to make a decision, though, uh, going into high school to either go into jazz band. Um, I was I was a saxophone player and, uh, and a pretty darn good one. I was third chair all state um, in Maryland uh, for uh, my eighth grade year. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. I, and I got into jazz band uh, mostly, uh, he said, uh, because I played really loud and he said, <laughs> Yeah, I, I had a good tone and all that. I, I could sight read music okay, but that I played really loud, and that's what he needed in a sax player. But I had to make a decision uh, to either go into visual arts, pursue that, or or band. So I um, I was like, well, let's let's just do visual arts. That's what I'm a little more interested in. And so freshman year, I took um, a painting class, and, and this is all public school, by the way. No mm-hmm. fancy. No, I just I just got lucky. We had a, a decent art program, 
Um, and, and, and so I took the painting class and, you know, I, you know, realized I'm, I'm partially colorblind. I, I'm not great with color theory. Um, <laughs> wow. That it, is really fascinating. I want to delve in a little bit more into that. Let's, let's get, let's come back around to that when we start talking about your, your recent work, but continue. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, so I, um, I, uh, uh, took that class and realized, you know, okay, painting's, you know, not my best thing. Let me try ceramics. So sophomore year, uh, I took ceramics class and I, it was just love at first sight. We, uh, we got along great and something about the clay. Um, I just was able to really lose myself, uh, in, in the process. Um, and that becomes a big point, uh, later on when I got back into it here recently, but, um, the other thing uh, was that I was really good at it, uh, mm. kind of toot my own horn, but I, um, I was able to, like, for instance, I, I was, you know, drawing, I make cartoony characters, everything is very, you know, cartoony in my illustration style, not that I can't draw realistically, I don't like to, and um, as much as you can have talent in something, you really need to, uh, the other 90% is enjoying right. Um, making enough to where you can put in the hours to get to that next level with ceramics and with, with clay and sculpture. I, I learned quickly that I was able to make, uh, you know, things real hyper realistically. Uh, my, my dad's favorite piece, you know, uh, not that he was like super into, you know, all my art, um, uh, some of the weirder stuff, but he just fell in love with this paintbrush that I made that was just, it looked exactly like a used dried up paintbrush with all the paint going. I had a pumpkin that I made that was exactly looks like a, you know, a, a small pumpkin. Um, those were some of his favorites. And that, and then later on with figurative things, um, I, I made a few busts and uh, torsos that were, uh, you know, very realistic. So, I realized I had a, a knack for it, but more than that, I, I just really enjoyed it. Um, I uh, got a Sculpture Magazine. Uh, yeah. um, somebody, one of my dad's friends gave me uh, a, a year's subscription. So I started getting into sort of the large metal sculptures that you see kind of like in plazas in New York or Chicago, you know, and, and, and that you know, quickly became my dream to to, to, to be, you know, working in, you know, some large foundry and, and being, you know, the, the, the conductor of behind these, these massive, you know, public art sculptures. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I did a lot with ceramics that freshman or sophomore year. And, uh, and then I was able to take sculpture, which was uh, the same teacher. Um, we did a lot of ceramics work in there, but we also played around with other materials. And then senior year, I was, uh, I took a just open studio, which I chose okay. um, to do not with our photography and not with our painting, but with our ceramics uh, teacher, Miss Uti. And so I took three classes in high school with her uh, that continued to build uh, my, my skill level and my, my portfolio. And I also uh, living, I mentioned I lived in Maryland. Uh, so I um, also had the opportunity to take uh, a few classes, one at, uh, the Corcoran Art Gallery. Yeah, sure, right. And one at uh, the Torpedo Factory. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So those people were, familiar with that area will know both of those. So great, great spots for locals to to get some really, I mean, as high end of training and and learning as you can get. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had to take, I had to like fill out forms and ask for time off from, from school, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I just got my license. So I'm driving up to DC and taking these classes with, with, with adults, you know, um, uh-huh. you know and artists. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it was, uh, my parents were, were very supportive of, of, of me. They, they saw that I had a little talent and, um, and, and yeah, friends and family also, you know, with sketchbooks or the, the, the magazine, uh, you know, everybody knew that, you know, he, Derek had a little bit of, you know, potential here. So, okay. That's awesome. And I can even like, we're talking here and, you know, the people are listening to this, maybe they can hear it in your voice and I can see it in your face, the excitement and the, the wistful looking back at this, but then you go to Boston and go to school for advertising. What? What happened? <laughs> and for though you can't see him, but he just put his hands over his face. Yeah. So what happened there? Okay, okay. So, yeah, you know the funny thing is, my um, my ceramics teacher, Miss Uti, was um, she was doing the the, the teacher uh, summer classes courses down here at SCAD, uh, and she was like, you know, you should really apply to SCAD. You should really apply to SCAD. And this is ninety nine is when I would have um, you know, it was my senior year. Um, so SCAD was relatively, you know, not as big as it is now, but, uh, you know, I, I, I had just had this thing in my mind, um, you know, since we will talk more about just listening to that, that inner voice and, um, and, and going with, with your gut, uh, it, you know, and my parents told me later on, they're like, we didn't, we weren't telling you to, to go, you know, get a job in business or, or anything like that. That was you. Um, so I had to kind of change my narrative a little bit, but, um, as it turns out, you know, it was, I, I, I had my heart set on, on, on going to school in the Northeast. Um, I, I also, I loved, you know, philosophy. I was great at math and science and, uh, and, and, and yeah, I just wanted to get a, a liberal arts education. Um, we started researching programs and, uh, up in Boston, I found a school that had a, an excellent advertising and communication school. So I thought uh, that, you know, this would be an opportunity to, you know, get into a field that was creative, that I could be creative, but was going to, you know, make me lots of money. <laughs> and uh, this was before the 99, you know, 2000 bubble, or this was happening, you know, the first wet internet, you know, bubble. So people in advertising and who could, you know, who are young, they could learn, you know, how to, you know, design for websites and things. Um, they were going <laughs> to you know, come out of school making 60 or $70,000. And that was true for about a year or two. Um, but I, I land down in Boston in the bubble hit and, um, and it was back to, you know, reality with, with uh, sort of entry level job positions. But yeah, I, uh, I, I, I decided to apply to uh, RISD, for sculpture, I got in. I, they didn't give me a great scholarship, so that was more reason to mm-hmm. not think about that. But and I'll also, just mention that's Rhode Island School for Design. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So you know, I and then I, 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 I applied to a couple state schools uh, through their art programs, like University of Maryland, um, University of Illinois. But I, yeah, I, I, I turned them all down to go up to school um, to to study advertising, thinking, oh, this is, you know, I could you know be creative, but also get get a, a job. I guess I was just listening to society more so than my, my parents. But yeah, I went up there. And, and you know, the funny thing is I, when, when you choose a track in advertising and early on, I chose the account side of things, which is not the creative side. You have in, in advertising, you either 
you know, choose to be on the creative side and, and wear, you know, vans and chucks and, and jeans and <laughs> pool table, you know, and you, and you, and you come up with all the brilliant ideas and, and you want to work on a Super Bowl commercial. Uh, and then you have the account uh, executives who kind of are the intermediary between the client uh, and the creatives. And, and so even in advertising, I somehow lost my way and decided, you know, that this is what I wanted when, when it wasn't. So needless to say, by the time I did a few internships, I had kind of gotten sour on the idea of, of working in, in advertising and, and, and really in working in, a, in an office and, and being, um, you know, someone who, who's kind of held down at a desk. Isn't that crazy how we, a lot of times, are our own worst enemy? Like we you know, like your parents said, we never told you to go do this. You said your parents were supportive of your artistic backgrounds and stuff. And like, we get in this thing in our mind, like, this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And I mean, sure, maybe society tells us that, but I don't, I think a lot of times it's us who make the decision to limit ourselves in that way. And I think that's really a fascinating part of your story there. I mean, you're, you're showing and admittedly talented at these things. And yet you decide to go this other path that, lead you to where you think you want to be, not where you actually want to be. Absolutely. It's sort of the, the, I mean, the struggle between sort of the, again, I mentioned, you know, creating this narrative and, and, you know, later on now I'm getting a little bit more into the spiritual side, but yeah, I mean, you have this ego that, that tells you what you think you, what uh, it tells you what, you know, you think you need. And, and oftentimes it, it goes against sort of, sort of the natural flow of, of both what's, you know, going on inside of you, what, what you were meant to, you know, a leaf is, you know, doesn't tell itself that I'm, I'm supposed to be a, a branch, you know, a leaf is just <laughs> being a leaf and that is just going with the flow. And, um, you know, I, you know, I, I think from the beginning, it was, it was clear even in my artistic journey that, that, that ceramics was, was the, was the place I should be. Um, and, uh, not in, uh, you know, comics, but, you know, definitely not in, um, you know, at a desk, you know, with a tie on, you know, working sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. clients. Well, okay. So let's, let's, so you decide to leave Boston and you do end up making your way down to SCAD, but as you mentioned that you, you studied sequential art, you just, you studied illustration, you became, you got into comics. So like, you kind of take a half step in a way towards your back towards your um, the thing that speaks to you in ceramics. So kind of how did all that, all that play out? And, and was this your ceramics teacher that kind of got you back into, to coming to SCAD? You kind of obviously knew about SCAD to a certain extent and, and made the decision to come out here. There was a hometown connection, but it wasn't my, my teacher at this point. Um, I, um, when I was in college, I, I did get a chance. I, I studied abroad, and my roommate was uh, found out that the next uh, quarter, semester when we got back our senior year, he was going to be the editor uh, for our, our school newspaper. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had gotten a little bit of a creativity in me during studying abroad. You know how that can go. You start to, you know, kind of, um, you know, just new experiences um, really kind of feed the creative side of you um, and also kind of tell you that you don't want to work in advertising <laughs> you know, and travel around Europe and, and see all this amazing, um, you know, history and art. So he, he mentioned that, you know, it had been years since we've had a comic strip and then school newspaper and he'd love for me to, um, you know, put ah. something together. So I was like 
dude, I love comics, you know? And so um, I got back and, um, and started uh, publishing a, a, a comic strip for, for, for the school newspaper, which is read by like 20,000. It's, it's the nice. daily free press. Yeah. Daily free press by um, Boston university's daily free press, which uh, is basically the fourth largest newspaper in Boston behind the, you know, the globe, the Herald, um, and then their version of the connect, right. You know, right. The free magazine. Um, so it was, it was read by a lot of people uh, twice a week and it really got, got sort of that, that sort of, you know, juices flowing um, after college. Uh, so I did that for that senior year after college. I, um, the, you know, the web comics started becoming a thing. So I turned, I, I was working on, on, it was called Iggy and Rolf. It was just two guys. And um, so I kind of turned it into a longer format from the comic strip uh, and, and wanted to kind of work on a graphic novel. That was kind of the, the big thing. And um, I remember a New York Times article that, that said that, you know, there was at one point, you know, poetry was the leading sort of way of, of writing um, and most respected. And then, you know, the novel was looked down upon as kind of pulp and trash, um, but really kind of rose above. Yeah. And, article said that the graphic novel uh, was sort of the visual nature um, was going to, you know, sort of come head to head with the written novel and, and perhaps, you know, kind of override it at, at some point. Um, and, and that really got me going into, you know, the ideas like, oh, I'm going to make graphic novels. And, and I had to take a lot of writing classes um, as a communications major, and I really was enjoying writing. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I was working on uh, a book called Mourning the Loss of Our Youth. And, uh, you know, this is such a college. Yeah. That's such a like early twenties title. I love it. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> that those transitional periods in our life, when we sort of start to feel that, like we're not kids anymore, you're sort of being an adult. That's such a great. Yeah. It's, it's also the time that when like everybody stops telling you like, Oh, you can do anything and the world is yours, you know? Yeah. It's like get a job and start setting down roots. That's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your parents are like, that, that was all the, that was a bunch of stuff we just had to tell you, you know, when you're early on and make sure you didn't like, so yeah. So I was, I was working on that and I was working on a, a web comic and uh, and then I used all that to uh, so yeah I, I came home from thanks for Thanksgiving one year and uh, and and one of my my buddies his uh, his sister's friend uh, she was uh, a, an admission representative at SCAD and mentioned when I told her that I was working on comics that they actually had an MFA program in sequential art in comics. And I was like, that's crazy. You can actually study comics in college. And she's like, yeah. So I, um, I did a little more research. I was, uh, I, I, I got uh, turned down by a couple of creative writing programs. Um, so I was like, okay, well, you know, this is writing, this is illustration. This is a combination of both. I'm, you know, this is, this could be perfect for me and I'm going to write the next greatest, you know, American novel in graphic novel form. So, you know, um, that's what led me to kind of apply, build up my portfolio, got a little scholarship um, and, uh, and, and came down here uh, to, to, to study comics uh, against the sort of encouragement. I mean, at this point, yeah, no, my parents were like, you're crazy. You're going to you're going to take out student loans and and go to grad school for comics that's ridiculous and I was like, oh, you're ridiculous 
<laughs> That's so well, funny. So, yeah. so kind of moving the story along here is that, you know, so you, you did all that and obviously, you know, you ended up going to SCAD and graduating and sort of honing your expertise and stuff like that. But there did become a point where you started to kind of get away from making artwork and really being involved in you know, the creative process. So talk a little bit about that and kind of what, what precipitated all that. And, and I, then I want to kind of get into the, the reclaiming of your ceramic background. But, but before that, yeah. so how did you kind of, and I'll mention this here, if you're listening, just joining us here on the radio show, I'm speaking to Derek Larson and we're talking about his background and his process and sort of the redemption of his ceramics. So we've talked about your background here, but you kind of started to get away from art once again after graduating from SCAD. So what, what sort of happened there? I mean, I think this is something that a lot of people go through, especially art people. We get out of school and then it becomes really hard to continue uh, making art and other things become distracting. So what was that like for you? Yeah, yeah. Act act two. Um, you know, uh, the... Uh, what what happened is, is is a lot of things, uh, but really just just life and uh, is it was a main thing and and my inability to kind of just like just deal with life. Um, uh, you know, I had this idea. I just mentioned, you know, I was gonna come down to Savannah and you know study comics and write the next great American novel. I was going to be here for three years. I was going to be out. You know, these these are the plans I had envisions I had set for for myself. Uh, I came down to Savannah. Um, I, I I quickly learned that my uh, my colleagues were were on a different level in terms of their illustration and, and comics and storytelling background and their knowledge of the history of the art form. Um, I could have uh, doubled down and 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 and. and gotten a lot you know just you know learned a lot more about it um but i you know i just i there was this we mentioned it early on you know you know you can you can you if you have the talent you know you 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 still need to work really really hard at 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 that talent to get to that next level and that uh for me and a lot of people you have to enjoy it you can't spend 14 hours a day making comics and get better or get professional unless you you enjoy it. I, I just can't see how mm-hmm. you could do that to yourself. And um, and and so I, I came down and 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 was a little like I was like, what did I get myself into? Um, but I kept working. But pretty early on, I was I was working at a restaurant, and I started dating uh, a girl, and uh, we we found out that uh, that we were pregnant. She was pregnant. And um, that kind of changed everything. Fast forward, I have a, a beautiful, almost 13-year-old son. But, uh, you know, that, 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 that set another wrench in. You know, I, I started to mm-hmm. feel sorry for myself. I, you know, was uh, kind of not, uh, didn't want, you know, I, was, I wasn't hanging out with the grad school friends and really enjoying that grad school experience. I was working and, you know, I was starting to feel this sort of otherness, this separateness from uh, for myself, uh, but also from, from, uh, from, from, from the group of other, you know, creatives and artists. I, I don't know if they thought maybe I was just, you know, thought I was too good for them, but really what it was is I, I just felt different. Um, I didn't feel part of the, the comics world were good enough. Uh, and, and I spent my weekends not, you know, kind of eating pizza and watching, you know, cool movies and, and drawing comics, but, you know, working and, and um, you know, becoming a, a young dad. 
yeah, I started to, to just really kind of get, get, you know, you know, depressed about a lot of things. I was, um, you know, it started to, I, I'd always, you know, drank and, and partied uh, uh, probably too much. I was always the one who, um, you know, had, had more than everybody else or didn't want the party to end. But, um, you know, when it came down to Savannah and when I became a young dad and, and all, all my plans were, up, you know, kind of upheaved, um, that's, that's when, you know, it went from, you know, partying too much, um, going a little further than everybody else to just, you know, feeling separate and feeling sad okay. and depressed and, and, and not seeing, you know, things working out the way. So feeling sorry for myself. Um, and um, that was, was, was a big part of it. I uh, got this uh, feeling that, you know, I, I didn't belong in the comics world. And um, and I actually built my thesis around, you know, uh, sequential art for the gallery, you know, that, that comics didn't have to be printed on right. a page or published online uh, as a, you know, sequential narrative there, you know, there, there, there could be, you know, ways to see large public art, you know, pieces uh, where you're telling a sequential narrative through public art and gallery work and things like that. So um, I had already started to make that shift. But uh, yeah, after college, I decided to, you know, get a job at SCAD in the admissions department. Uh And and for the first year or two, I was I was really gung ho about, you know, doing that and also my art and also parenting. And then, you know, I got to the point where I kind of crashed and burned, you know, what am I doing? You know, and uh, I I was, uh, you know, I had a a gallery in City Market, a little studio space. Uh Um, So I was trying to, to, to do more painting um, and, and, and all that than, than comics. Uh, but uh, eventually I just kind of just got to the point where I, I just didn't have the energy to, to, to create. And I was always, you know, making lists and plans, what I was going to do when I got out of work or with my weekends. Um, but, you know, I, I just ended up kind of sitting around moping around um or you know just doing family stuff but not- well, I, mean, I think that that's the thing is that you know this is um and just to our listeners and out there is that the i brought derek on because he's a great redemption story and we're going to get to the redemption here in a second but there's the i mean i think that this is like i said a lot of artists and and maybe people out there listening right now uh, can kind of identify with that is that there's this period and it's it's going from a student, you have these plans, you have these ideas, you believe, maybe naively, that, like you said, I'm going to write the next great American novel in graphic novel form, or I'm going to become this big gallery artist, or I'm going to go right out of college, and I'm going to, I'm going to work in a museum, and then I'm going to get, I'm going to get discovered, or whatever the, whatever the narrative is, like you said, that we create in our heads, that's going to happen. And then, I mean, that happens for some people. But for most people, that doesn't happen. And then there has to be that transition that goes from understanding that that's not going to happen to reality and then still somehow holding on to that creativity. And I think a lot of us as artists go through a period where when that doesn't all work out, it is depressing. I mean, as creative people, where we believe that the definition of good artist is that success happening. Like, we, it, we, we are defined by validation by somehow somehow by validation by the outside world or by completing that 
goal that is in our head, whatever it might be. And I know I personally went through that. I went through for years without really making any artwork at all before I kind of found it again in 2010 is when I finally kind of found my art again. And I had a, a, a long period where I just really, I couldn't, like you said, you described it perfectly. I just didn't have the energy to create. None of the plans had worked out the way I had expected them to. And that was probably the hardest, like for me, I didn't have the, maybe the tools to figure out how to make it, to reignite that spark, you know, to find to find my way back to making art, which is the reason why I always made art before, which was for me, it didn't yeah. matter about any of that other stuff. And I think you found that again recently. So I kind of want to dovetail a little bit into that because I think that you found your way back to, to your art. So talk a little bit about that kind of process. I did. I did. Uh, so you'll hear my voice get back to that, that excited part. That was a really dark time and it lasted a long time. It doesn't have to last that long for, for other people, but it, it continued to spiral down a path. Let's just say to the point where like um, the sketchbook was, was, was my, like the last thing I was holding on to and clinging on to. Um, and, and, and there became a point uh, in the last couple years, maybe around 2016, where I couldn't even, it, 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 not only did I have the energy to start, but if I, if I even picked up that pencil, like it was like all the energy drained from my body. It's like I stepped into a ring with a Kung Fu black belt fighter, you know, and he's like, mm -hmm. let's go. And I, I, you know, was, you know, just, you know, 100 pounds soaking wet, you know, didn't know how to fight sort of feeling, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so, you know, I got to the point where even the sketchbook, I had lost my ability to even pick up a pencil or pen. Um, I was, I, I was no longer working at SCAD. I was waiting tables. I was waking up at, you know, noon, getting some lunch in me and then going to work, getting off of work, going out, you know, and, um, and then doing the same thing over and over again and just sitting around on my days off moping. I, you know, I, I wasn't even, I was so depressed. I, I, you know, I wasn't making friends. I lost, you know, some old friends. I was divorced. You know, um, I, I did keep, you know, sort of, uh, uh, you know, once a week, my ex, who's uh, awesome, you know, she, she, she would bring him over to the house. I didn't have a car. I mean, life was, was grim. And luckily, I, I kind of got out of that, but I still was, was just kind of maintaining. I, I knew something, there was, there was, then there was a time period where I just, I knew things had to change. And um, I didn't quite know what I needed to do, but I knew things had to change. I knew I wanted, there was more to life than, than just this. And it was, it was, it was pretty miserable. So I, you know, I, I, I knew I had to make some changes. I knew I had to stop floundering around. And, and even if it meant no, no more art, like I just had to stop at least putting that pressure on myself. That, right. Uh, yeah. This was part of my identity, you know. I needed to just be happy, and um, so the first step was was finding that. But during this sort of transition into getting back into ceramics, I had found out uh, from a coworker at, at a restaurant. I was working at a restaurant, and she uh, she she uh, mentioned that that um, she was a ceramics artist and uh, would um, she she uh, there was a, a studio in town, Savannah's Clay Spot where, um, you know, 
she she did open studio sessions and i that was like i was like oh i used to love ceramics in high school I, that was like my jam that was that was my thing you know i was good at it um and um even in in in, in grad school uh with uh, sequential art you take some character design classes and i took a i took every class i could with john lariston in character design because we got to work with sculpey and and sculpt uh, characters who also was a ceramics. Um, he studied ceramics and and in college, undergrad. So you know, I did have that little taste in college of, of sculpting and getting back in, and I was good at it. Um, you know, my 3D characters were better than you know some of the 2D, the, the amazing 2D artists. My 3D, I was like, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't compare yourself to, not to these people. That that was part of my my issue too. But um, you know what's so funny, and this is a quick aside. But I've interviewed a lot, a lot of people who have gone to SCAD, and your story is so common. People talking about that, about how like they go to SCAD and they're like, "Holy crap! What did I get my like? I thought I was, I thought I was the one, and then I see these other people, and it's like, whew, I got a long way to go." But anyway, continue. I don't mean to interrupt you, yeah. but that's so. I hear that all the time. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a, it's a thing with, with artists, um, you know, and, uh, Instagram can be just as evil for an artist as, <laughs> as someone who looks at, you know, you know, beautiful people and, and, and jet setting lifestyles. So it's, um, it, you know, you have to be careful. So all this became kind of good learning now that I'm back in. So I, I knew about the ceramics class, but I also knew that before I could even pick up a pencil, let alone ceramics, I needed to change some things in my lifestyle. Um, I decided to quit drinking. I was drinking, you know, depressed, you know, by myself type drinking. And, and it, it, was, it wasn't going uh, anywhere good. And uh, the older you get, it's just like you, you just realize that it's just it's not it's not even fun anymore. Um, so I had to take some steps to, to kind of change my lifestyle. Um, through part of that process was to kind of uh, find my way on a, a spiritual journey, which uh, through some, some help and, 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 a, and a good sort of life coach, I like to call him, uh, you know, I started uh, focusing a lot on being present in the moment and to um, not only, you know, um, not think so much about what coulda, shoulda, woulda, but also, you know, all the things that I wanted. Cause, um, I, I, I knew that like, you know, I just needed to enjoy the day and be present. And this is all 2019, um, you know, around December. So pre pandemic, but I kind of turned things around in terms of my outlook on life. I started being really kind to myself and just, you know, eating healthy, trying to, you know, go for walks mm -hmm. and, in a spot where I could, you know, kind of wake up in the morning and, and feel good about, you know, just hearing the birds chirp and, and things like that. Um, and I knew about the ceramics class. So um, I, I finally signed up for one uh, in February of 2020, um, a couple months after I uh, kind of changed, turned around um, my, my lifestyle and, and, and choices. And I, um, you know, I, I, I want to everybody to hear this because that is like, it's only been a year. I look at the work and I'm like, this is a year. We're talking about the, it's only been yeah. this one year. So one year. 
<laughs> of course, it's been a hell of a year. Heck of a year. A heck of a year. So, um, yeah. So, so this is the good part, right, guys? Uh, we. Um, so I, I, I had to make some 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 lifestyle decisions uh, first. But in the back of my mind, I knew that you know, as soon as I could, um, kind of turn things around and get healthy mentally, and I, and and it took a lot longer. But you know, to at least get on the path. To, to, to being mentally and physically a little more uh, healthy and, and energized. Um, I, I, I signed up for, for this uh, ceramics class. It, it was uh, on and off the wheel ceramics intro uh, at Savannah's Clay Spot. And I took the class and it was just like, I put my hands in the clay uh, for that first class. And I was like, oh, this, yeah, this, this feels right. This is, this is what I've been missing for you know, 20, 20, 20 years. You know, I was 18. I took the class when I was, you know, 38. And so 20 years went by without me taking any Half your life, man. More than half, half my life. life. Isn't that crazy? Half my life. Half my life. But um, see, I want to I wanna say that. The reason why I say that, though, is because, like, people out there listening, if you've been off for a while, you can get right. You can come back to it now. You don't have to wait. Like, even if it's been 20 years. Yeah. You know, go, you, it's still there. And, and here's the big thing, and we'll go back to it, but it's good. And, you know, I'll tell this long story, but, but, but here's the point is, you know, especially with my sort of spiritual, you know, life coach teacher, you know, that I got into that class and, and it, was, it was like, all right, just like we're talking about with just life in general, like, you know, no expectations. Don't think about the results or where this class is going to take you in a year or two. Like, just enjoy the process. He's a runner. And he said that he's, you know, he, he does long distance running. And he says he he used to go out there and think, I got to be the fastest. I got to be the best. Um, and then, you know, he turned his life sort of outlook on life around to where he decided that, you know, in his running group, he's going to be the one that everybody, you know, you look at him and he's like, he's just, in, he's, he's out here. He's enjoying things, you know, and you know, he's, he's, he's the nicest or the happiest or the most positive person on the running team. He said, you know, when you go into that class, you know, don't, you know, just, you know, keep in mind what we're talking about, be present, enjoy the process. Don't think about, you know, where this is going to get you in a year or so. And that's really been the most important part um, is that I've realized in this past year, I get a lot more done if I don't think about where I want to be in a year or in five years, mm-hmm. you no. Know? And I still catch myself a lot, but I went into that class saying, I am just going to, I'm going to enjoy making stuff and that's it, you know? And I really did. And I enjoyed it so much that I, uh, you know, I took the class. I, um, I started signing up for open studios uh, as much as I could, you know, I was still working full time, but, you know, just, you know, I just, I was, I was passionate about it and I just didn't have any expectations or, or, you know, sort of, I wasn't painting a, a narrative about how this is going to turn me into the, the next great American ceramics artist. I didn't, <laughs> with, uh, who, I didn't have a name I could even put with that. But um, so I, so, so at that point, you know, it was mid-March. Um, it was this time last year. Uh, the, you know, the pandemic had, had kind of uh, hit the U.S. It was real. It was not just in Italy or China. It was it was here. It was in New York um, and Savannah um, shut down, you know, shortly after. Um, So I took 
uh, my clay home, the studio, you know, also shut down, had to shut down. So I took my clay home. I had uh, a bunch of my own sculpting tools from back in college, from those, you know, character design classes. You know, I was able to order more online and I, uh, in the restaurant I worked at had to shut down. So I had a lot of time on my hands and here I am, you know, I, I could have gone either way, man. I could have, you know, uh, just sat around, you know, collecting unemployment and gone back to, you know, just hanging out, you know, at the park and, 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 and drinking beers and, and just doing nothing. Or I could, you know, go on walks, um, sit in the park, enjoy some time and then get home and, 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 and put in a solid couple hours each day of just creating. It was very therapeutic. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, Clay has, has definitely become, I say, you know, my Sherpa up the spiritual mountain that reminds me daily to um, stay uh, locked into the moment, to the present moment, enjoy the process, um, and don't get too attached to the results. Um, if anyone's worked in clay and has to put their work into a kiln and uh, <laughs> to see if it's cracked or what the colors look like, you'll know what I'm talking about. Non-attachment is, is a thing. So I was, I was trying to teach myself and learn these things outside of, uh, of ceramics, but also ceramics was, was reinforcing these life lessons to stay present and not think about, you know, where this is going to take me. So I just kept making and making and making. And um, I also started to, you know, follow a bunch of artists and, you know, I, I couldn't go to art shows. I couldn't, you know, connect in that way or, you know, but I, I, I reached out. But you to also artists. couldn't compare yourself to those artists from going to the shows and stuff like that. And there is something positive about that, I will say. No, no, I was I was in this sort of lockdown. I, you know, I call it, you know, some people for some people, it, it could be thought of as, as a jail cell for me it was a fortress. Right. So it protected me from the outside world so that I could, you know, sit down and, and meditate and have coffee in the morning and, you know, listen to, you know, audio books like A Beginner's Mind at night. And uh, and then jam out, you know, uh, you know, uh, during the day and and listen to cool music and, and, and make, make art. And um, that's what I did for all the way up until things opened back up in, in June, um, where uh, I was able to go back into the studio uh, with limited number of people and um, take another class, take a, do a lot more uh, of, um, of open studio sessions. And then two weeks after work opened back up, there was a kitchen fire Right. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is terrible. But uh, for selfish reasons, I mean, I went back to work getting really nervous about, you know, having to serve people, you know, food that weren't wearing masks in early June when we still didn't know what the heck was going right. on. Our restaurant shut back down. And I was like, all right, I guess time to make a website. I wasn't going to rush into it, but might as well, you know, get a website going, um, make more things. Uh, you know, and, 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 and this is how it all happened. It was just at each point in the process, I was like, all right, well, I guess this is what I need to do next. Um, you know, and, 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 and have some rough idea of what the next step was, but not forcing it or rushing into it. And, and, and things just unfolded. Next thing it was, uh, oh, this Merchants on B is opening, you know, and they're looking for artists as well as, you know, antique uh, sellers and, and makers um, you know, and, and I got to be a part of that. 
um, you know, they opened and people like Gallery 209, you know, um, were looking for a ceramics artist or a ceramicist uh, to fill up one of the spots that someone left. So they reached out to me there. These are all people that I was kind of interacting with and following on Instagram. So, um, uh, you know, and then I was like, whoa, 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 you know, selling my work. This is not. Uh-huh. You know, I, 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 the plan was to not have a plan and not to do this. <laughs> but really, the plan was just to not, you know, kind of have any plan. But when opportunities come, you got to say yes. Um, you don't have to, but uh, you, and you can say no. And, 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 and that's something I'm learning, too. But. Um, in, in this case, I said yes, and it, it, it continued to push me um, to move forward. Um, and, and, and even now, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm in the gallery, you know, I don't, I'm not making tons of sales, but I'm like, dude, remember, you're just, you're just lucky to be in there. And those things are all going to come. They take time. Some artists have been there for 20 years. Like, just, just remember why you're back in this. Remember that February first class you took um, where, you know, I, I was told and reminded to just enjoy the process, enjoy the ride. And I've gotten a lot further doing that than sitting down on page one of a graphic novel and saying, this is going to take me three years to finish <laughs> and then not even start the first page, you know, cause like it was too big. It was, it was too much when you, right. I always think about my, my dad, you know, when I worked at SCAD and I was overwhelmed with, with the job there um, and, and just so much work on my plate. Um, and, and, and now I, I use the saying uh, a lot as an artist, but he, he's like, how do you eat an elephant? Uh, how, dad? He goes, one bite at a time. So nice nice well look I, we, we got to wrap this interview up because we are going kind of long and i wanted to mention here before we do that is that you do have a piece up in at location gallery right now as part of their about face exhibition maybe in just like you know one or two minutes maybe you can kind of talk a little bit about that because this is sort of your you know another foray into you know big group show uh with a lot of other artists that are that are pretty prominent here in savannah and maybe just talk a little bit about your piece and getting involved in that Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it's, um, this has been a, a huge honor. If you think about just a year ago, I was, I was, um, just getting back into ceramics, uh, as I call it, found, re rekindling a, a love for my high school sweetheart, as I like to say, love that, love that. <laughs> you know, and then merchants on beat and then gallery 209. And, and then, you know, I met Peter Roberts, uh, through an, an artist friend who made an introduction and, um, you know, I made sure that he followed me on Instagram by following him on Instagram. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do it, right? Hey, and, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so his, his the first group show of 2021 for uh, Location Gallery uh, is called About Face. Uh, they it is um, it is uh, on display now at Location Gallery located inside Austin Hill Realty next to Sixpence on Bull Street and Liberty, 251 Bull Street. And uh, yeah, he reached out to me uh, among, uh, like you said, prominent Savannah artists. Um, I, I think I've gotten a lot of opportunities because I'm a ceramicist and a 3D artist that I wouldn't have gotten this early if I was a, a photographer or a painter. Or, right, or, sure. You know, there are a lot more competition. Um, not saying go into ceramicists, you know, um, because there's less competition, but <laughs> you know, more opportunities, are, I think, have happened quickly for me because of that. But also, I, I do feel strongly that my work is, is, is continuing to evolve, but is pretty good. 
Um, cause it's a muscle memory thing for me. It's not just a completely new art form, but yeah. So he reached out to me to be part of the show. Um, I didn't have a lot of time to put something together, but I said, yes, and I got it done. I, I, same thing. I didn't second guess. I didn't think I came up with a concept and I just did, you know, uh, you know, as Yoda says, Jedi does not try Jedi just does, you know, just do. There is no try only do. Only do, only do. So I, I, I said I, I channeled my inner Yoda, and I and I made a piece for the show. It turned out great, and it's on display. Um, and uh, actually, uh, I haven't told you this, but when I had the piece up and for the opening, he reached out to me and said that their next uh, group show, uh, which is all two D artists, there was an opportunity for for me to put in um, some three D work. So uh, more to come on that, I guess. Savannahopoly, is that the one? That's it, Savannahopoly. Yeah. So as you well, can I'll imagine, give a sneak peek to our listeners out there, but I will be covering that. So I've already talked to Peter about that one. So we'll be we'll be covering that. I can't wait to uh, to see what you come up with that. But um, but Derek, yeah, we got to wrap this interview up. Yeah. And and uh, and but before we do that, I want to just ask you, you know, if people are interested in learning more about you and your work and and what you're up to, how can people do that? How can people find you? websites, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, and thank you for the opportunity to, to mention all that. The, uh, I mean, the, the, the best place uh, is my, my Instagram handle uh, as well as my website. Although I will say that my website continues to be a work in progress. And uh, so the Instagram page always has posts of, of, of works in progress and, and all my newest work. So that is at Derek Larson Ceramics, D-E-R-E-K-L-A-R-S-O-N, Ceramics. Uh, so De- at Derek Larson Ceramics is my Instagram handle. It's also my website, DerekLarsonCeramics.com. Um, so those are the two best places online to check out my work. I also have work at uh, Gallery 209 down on River Street. Uh, I've got uh, eight shelves of uh, a work that uh, you'll see I've got sort of this whimsical um, sort of character cartoony stuff you can see inspired uh-huh. my sequential and then um, some some more sort of abstract expressionist pieces that I, I I'm trying to keep functional I am a potter you know at the end of the I love day that. yeah I gotta remind myself I'm not you know big, some big fancy sculptor people are looking for something that has you know functionality um, and if it does, it can last generations. Um, so anyways, uh, I, I have a, a variety of work at Gallery 209 and then a few pieces also at, uh, at Merchants on B, which is on B Road uh, across from Daffin Park and, 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 and Grayson Stadium. Yeah, I love it. I might describe them as being uniquely functional. They're functional pieces. You can tell that they're functional, but they're also something like you maybe you haven't really seen and, and can be an art piece in and of themselves as well. So I, I, I love that. And Derek, I really appreciate you coming on the show again, Derek Larson. And, um, and again, you can see his work at about face at location gallery right now. So thank you for, for stopping in and talking with me. It's been a pleasure and can't wait to see what you're up to next, but just, just today. (laughs) One, one bite at a time. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you, Rob. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, 
and worldwide at wruu.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air. Thank you.